Welcome to Serviced Accommodation Secrets with me, Sally Kemba. This is the podcast where you get the on the ground experience that we're living and breathing with our serviced accommodation units. So you get to share our hacks and tips, our mistakes, so you can learn from those and thrive on our success. Good morning, everybody. I hope you're really well. So it's Sally here with Serviced Accommodation Secrets. And I've had a few questions lately in my community about working with freeholders and developers for your SA business. And that's exactly what we do with our apartments that we have. And so I thought I'd share a few things that actually are really beneficial for doing that. And a lot of you may have apartments or you may have houses, perhaps in slightly different areas. But one of the things that's really brilliant about having apartments in a block is it keeps it all together and you may work with more than one developer but that's how we started out we're with one and they're still building and developing but they look to sell some but also hold some so there's a few benefits I wanted to go with on both sides that are just awesome and uh, perhaps you don't necessarily get when you you know, find a, a landlord who's a leaseholder of an apartment, but, you know, he's got a management agreement in place to contend with, and also the freeholder of the building is separate. So one of the first benefits of working direct with developer who's then become the freeholder, so they're the landlords and, and owners of the property, is you don't have all that. So especially if it's a, a company who do their own management. So our freeholders have their own lettings department. So they're not massive, but they have uh, tenants on ASTs. They have another company a bit like us in other blocks than ours. So they like to keep SA operators separate. So we don't sort of clash, I guess, but uh, we're a newer concern. They they were already working with a larger company in our area. And the great thing is that we don't have a management company as a sort of go-between. We don't have a lease, as in leasehold lease, to adhere to in that we actually just have an agreement with the freeholder to rent the properties from them and use them as service accommodation. And so that makes life a whole lot easier. It means that, you know, we don't have to seek permission through a management company because sometimes they don't like SA, sometimes they do, you know. Also, it's really simple in regards to things like being on business rates. So if a developer is literally working on a development when you start speaking to them and it's not completed yet, which is what we did with three of ours, when the, the place is habitable, then you start having all the rates, etc., coming in. And so they were valued by the valuations office and classed as being business. So they went straight on to business rates. So you don't have all the hassle of going through the council in order to get that done because the valuations office are hot on that and they want it done. When I say hot on it, actually, they didn't do it for a few months, but it did kick in. And so they're on business rates, which made it really easy, for example, earlier in the year with all the grants, etc. Whereas others that we've got that were already let out on ISTs previously, so they were on council tax, it's like the usual kind of long drawn out process to get them onto business rates. So that part is really easy. And it may be that the developer wants to keep 
the property as C1, particularly if any kind of regulation comes in in regards to SA, it may be that regulation comes in that says properties that are SA have to be C1. It may be that things change, you know, a bit like HMOs have their own class. It may be that that will happen. So if a developer wants to keep it as C1, and that has other benefits to do with capital allowances and, you know, all those kind of aspects as well, then they can do that. And so if it's early on, so that's another point, and they haven't actually finished the build, the developer is going to be looking at various exit strategies for that development. They may want to sell the whole thing. They may want to hold it to rent it out, or they may want to do a bit of each. And it depends on the size of the block. So our freeholders and developers actually do really little blocks sometimes. They've got one that's five that we almost took, but we didn't, the location wasn't amazing. Now they're doing a block of 25 and they have other blocks that are much bigger than that too. So if you had a small block, you know, you could be the answer to their exit for their development for the whole block. And then they don't have to do marketing and you know they've already got the relationship with you and you can start from scratch basically agree whatever both of you really want to agree in terms of you know who's responsible for what what they're going to charge you because obviously you're saving them a lot of money although they don't get them up front capital allowances can come into play and actually give them a lot of extra capacity to earn before they start paying tax so that's not an instant thing and I wouldn't bring it up as the the initial conversation but it's a brilliant thing for a developer to think wow I'm going to have somebody manage my apartments in pristine condition because they need to be you know at least hotel standards amazing looking you know looking fantastic with all the furnishings and the decor and then clean to a really high spec Unlike with rentals, with the best will in the world, when people live in places, they don't look like that every time that you go. And so there are lots of benefits and cost savings for freeholders in that way when they've been the developers too. And from the point of view of valuations of their properties, for example, we've had our freeholders often ask us to go and have a valuation done on their properties that we're running as SA in order to get a great valuation for what they're proposing to do. So they've made extra apartments in certain areas of our actual development where we are so they could get really good valuations because they know they can just go in and they'll be looking amazing sort of between guests you know have you got any that recently just cleaned and yes we have so we let them go and have a look take the value around and so that's brilliant for them and also for future developments it's like you know what they're going to be doing they can show it you know actually living breathing people renting it out so that's really valuable for them which means that in turn you can get really good rates because you will perhaps get a month free or you know something like that you might get um, slightly lower than market rates just depends how much of a demand there is in the area and also you know it depends on the deposit that's needed but we didn't have to have a very big deposit even though when we started we were very new so that was really cool and also if you agree something like a three-year agreement and in perhaps a break clause after a year um, some people do six months, but I think a year gives you more time to recoup your payments that you've put out for the setup. 
and you know have enough sort of forward bookings and so forth so if you've got a three-year agreement then you know that's no voids for them for three years if you're doing it on guaranteed rent so you may not want to do guaranteed rent but I think probably if you're starting out you would do that just because that's peace of mind for that freeholder later on you may work out other ways of doing it profit shares you know jvs and things like that but guaranteed rent is the initial kind of strategy that works really well and gives some confidence in you because you know obviously you've got to earn that and more plus bills to to make it work but also for you you've got an amazing pristine new development with everything new all to a really lovely standard And we had things like, you know, curtain poles and things like that, built-in wardrobes, you know, newly fitted kitchens, everything brand new. And so that's pretty awesome. And they weren't too bad in the ones we took over after. I think they've been actually open and on ASTs for a year. Did have to bring one of them back up to par, but yeah, so they're really nice standard. So that's the other thing. So maintenance, if you have an SA house or an apartment, normally traditionally you're going to have slightly different arrangements with maintenance i would never agree to do large maintenance ever that's really going to you know be perhaps a bottomless pit so i would just do small things like you know things that cost 50 to 100 pounds at the most so we do things like light bulbs or, or little things that just get slightly broken damaged need replacing but anything like the shower going wrong the washer dryer going wrong anything like that, decorating. Our landlords or freeholders, they've got all these different names, but the same person. So the people who develop the flats who are the freeholders, they want to keep all the apartments at the same high standard and with the same look. So they've got wonderful stone tiled bathrooms and they've actually got enameled baths as well, rather than the fiberglass ones. So they're really sturdy and um, stone tiled floors. They're just gorgeous but they want to make sure that the standard is maintained and therefore they do all of the maintenance. And so they actually have contractors or they have a maintenance person as well who comes around and does all that. And they even have an app where you can report things. And it's really good because you develop a relationship, get to know each other. And, you know, if they've got different properties coming free or they're developing new properties, then there's potential for you to take on more with that same person. So that's pretty cool. And from your point of view, as long as you know what you've got agreed and you've got it all in writing, you're allowed to do SA, it's just really straightforward. You know what the rules are. You're not going to start haggling. Like, you know, maybe if you've got a JV or if you've got guaranteed rent where you haven't really set the goalposts and you don't quite know who's responsible for what, it can be a bit of a challenge when something goes wrong. So you really need to make sure you've actually decided who's paying for what if x happens you absolutely must agree that and things like you know whether it's painting or maintenance repairs you know you just liaise with them to work out the best schedule like we've had some different things like front doors stripped down and varnished and things through lockdown which was a bit of a challenge when we had long-term guests but we did it there was actually some amazing hot weather wasn't there that we vaguely recall and so that was possible so you just liaise with them for when stuff needs doing and so the next thing from your point of view if you've got properties all in one place your logistics are much easier so your overheads are reduced because you've got everything all being serviced in one place your cleaning team only have to go to one place you can store things 
all on site if possible if there is storage so we have a storage area your linen can be collected and delivered from one place there's no ferrying stuff about you know we're really lucky we've always been like that and if you have any sort of occupancy planning that you can do you know really optimize your calendar with different guest stays where you need to move people around that's so much easier when they're all in one apartment block if you've got houses you know obviously you might have houses near each other it's perhaps a bit more of a challenge because people want to be in a certain area but the beauty of apartment blocks is that you know you can maybe upgrade people so we upgraded somebody who stayed in September who was self-isolating and it meant that he was just kind of away from everything and you know could have peace and quiet because he'd come from overseas whereas he was going to be in a sort of busier area before in one of our one beds so it just worked out really well and it just makes life so much easier with your listings as well because we've got three one beds next door to each other and they're basically like having one unit as far as everybody else is concerned so you know it's really helpful in terms of making sure you're getting your bookings mapped out and put in really successfully from both the guest point of view and your point of view and it makes life easier all round with the whole operation side and the back office part as well so i'm just checking if i've missed anything out uh oh yeah so if you have any issues with councils at the moment then Councils are, you know, run by people and I've met lots of people from our local council and contacted them because rules slightly changed with occupancy ruling for HMOs and things just to make sure it's okay for us to keep running our properties. But it just makes it easier if they know where you're operating and if it applies to one property in that location, it applies to all well, subject to size, I guess. And so if they're all in one place under one council, that also makes life a lot easier. And particularly, as I said, in terms of the business rates aspect, if you're doing it from new, you know, when the developer's just finished and everything's completed on a property, then it's so much easier then for you not to have all the issues of landlords who have to check whether it's okay with their mortgage as well, with their insurance, because the developer is gonna have lending on the development and then you know however they refinance it and tie all of that up in the end it's up to them what they do with their property and obviously the permissions they have with their kind of borrowing they have but their finance is sorted you know they're not going to have to go for consent to let like an individual landlord is you haven't got all of those hurdles you can be confident from the beginning that if they have it sorted to run some of their properties with operators who do SA then that is not a problem and the same with insurance you know you're not going to have a landlord being grasped up by somebody and also from the guest point of view and residents all of your guests will be together as well so if all of your guests are in one area you're not going to have residents in a block who have you know an SA unit here another one here and with the best will in the world most of us manage touchwood not to have parties all the time but you don't know what guests might do even if they seem like they're genuine so touchwood we've been really lucky with this but if you've got SA guests all in one area then that at least means that any residents aren't disturbed by anything that might potentially happen and you know you've only got your other SA guests to keep happy so it's not like 
you're trying to hide you can be really transparent about what's happening whereas you know you might get residents who don't like it and so it just alleviates that additional concern with running essay in a block as well so how do you find these developers and you know freeholders how do you find them so We've always done lots of networking, Pete, my husband and I. So, you know, we did property training. So we got to know lots of people, lots of people who'd never done developments before and they're quite new. Or maybe they'd just done one or two or done flips on houses and then they're going into doing a certain number of flats and things. So people like that are going to be really interested in working with you because it means that they have an exit. So something they can do with that property once they've developed it. So that's awesome for them. And likewise, people that you meet at networking, so it used to be physical events, obviously you get to know people, have a chat, find out what they need, what they're doing, and just get to know them really. And then they'd get to know what you're doing just because you get to be known in the community. Nowadays, we have to do it online at the moment, but online is good as well. So I'm doing a um, a networking meeting today or going to one should i say and they have breakout rooms in zoom call so that's really good so you can have little chats with people it's not just a huge mass of people with one speaker the whole time so you can still do online networking and have conversations about how you can help people because essay is a really valuable service in the community as i'm always saying because you know temporary housing needs can come in all sorts of shapes and forms so at the moment in lockdown we can obviously house workers and people in certain situations but moving forward this will change and you know you're going to need workers who are deployed in certain areas especially if people work from home a lot of the time people won't be going to work in offices so they'll need nice working from home type SA units and things like that So I think a lot of the time you can do business networking. So you get known in the business area because mine's not a property networking today. It's people in our postcode area. And so they're in all walks of life. And so you meet all sorts of people who need this kind of thing. And they say things like, oh, if only I'd known about you six months ago and things like that. And you're thinking, I should do more networking and get known by more people. So yeah, that's really on the guest side and getting bookings. But yeah, getting to know developers. If you've done property training, just keep in touch with people, join lots of Facebook groups, talk about what you do and show an interest in what people do and help them. And so there's loads of Facebook groups where people are doing different property strategies. And if you want to do more than SA and you want to do buy, refurbish, refinance and things like that, then, you know, just get to know people that way. And then they'll get to know you do SA and just so talk about what you do and help people a lot and uh, don't hide it away. And whatever you feel about being judged by people, just put that on one side. Because if you just think about the fact that if you're out there doing the things you love doing and the things that can really help people, that's the absolute key, really, and a key in life, actually. So if people don't like the idea of people doing property or want to have a go at anyone about what they want to do, just be secure and what your goals are, what your vision is and what you'd love to do. But certainly running SA um, with developers who are freeholders holding their apartment blocks is a really good way of running SA. So I'll just do a little summary. I've got yoga soon, so I'll do a summary. So if you want to find developers who are freeholders, do networking in properties, 
circles, in business circles, locally, nationally, wherever you originally trained, get on the Facebook groups. Remember there are huge benefits to both parties, so it's an exit strategy for that developer to have a property maintained and looked after in an amazing way. It's brilliant for them in all sorts of financial ways as well, so you can get good rates with them and form a good relationship. So moving forward, you can get more properties and they can have great valuations, you know, more potential for your clients and you as a client to have their properties occupied and things like capital allowances and things like that will benefit them too. It also means that they can decide and discuss with you actually about the use class and maybe they want to change it to C3 or if they're building it as C3 or keep it as C1. There's all the options available. Consult a really good planning consultant as well or just you know pick up information, go to events. So there are lots of different people who are really good on this in the community so you can get more specialist advice on that. And it also helps in regards to apartments when you know landlords who need to seek permission from the freeholder because the lease doesn't necessarily permit it their mortgage might not allow it their insurances so it cuts out all of that kind of problem and it also means that your dialogue with the council is a lot less muddy it's a lot clearer and for you you've got lower overheads because you've got easier logistics and it's better for the guests because they're all in one place and you can put them in appropriate apartment so there's masses and masses of benefits there Okay then guys, I think that's about it. But if you've got any questions or thoughts about this, please do comment in Service Accommodation Secrets, the Facebook group or the page if you're not in the group and you'll be welcome to ask to join the group too. Okay, I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care guys. Sharing the secrets of success.